Welcome back to another Conversations Different. This week, we are discussing proposals designed to help New Mexicans electrify their driving habits and in the process, clean up the air. The clean cars and truck standards would require automakers to provide more electric vehicles for sale in New Mexico. And that means consumers would have better choices in selecting their cars and trucks. To break this down, we have Camilla Feibelman, Executive Director of the Rio Grande Chapter of the Sierra Club, and Tom Solomon, Co-Coordinator of 350 New Mexico. Thank you both for joining us. We're happy to be here. Let's start with the basics. Camilla, what are the clean cars and truck standards, and how are these standards being adopted? Is this a done deal, in other words? Well, thanks for that question. There are actually three parts of these rules. One is called advanced clean cars. And not only does that require cleaner tailpipe emissions from our passenger vehicles and ask auto dealers to bring more EVs to New Mexico so that we New Mexicans have more choice in what we purchase from the lots, but it also includes in advanced clean truck rules that also increase the amount of clean trucks that dealers bring to the state while at the same time reducing air pollution that comes out of our big heavy trucks. So it looks at clean cars and trucks from three different perspectives, from what we have the opportunity to buy and by ensuring that these vehicles aren't impacting our respiratory health as so many vehicles do. The rules themselves will be heard before the Environmental Improvement Board Uh, starting on November 13th, and that will be a chance for this expert panel um, to look at the rules, to consider them, to hear feedback from witnesses and intervening parties like ours, but also hear from members of the public. I will say the rules are sort of, uh, you know, plug and play. States can either join the EPA's rules or they can join um, rules that are set in California because California has some some special rights to bring new rules on. And so um, that's what's happening here in New Mexico. We're joining 16 other states that are doing them. And just last week, Colorado approved theirs. So we'll be kind of in good company if this gets adopted, you know, if you believe that electric vehicles are one way to reduce uh, climate change and greenhouse gases and all of those things. That's exactly right. A lot of people have had to leave the state to buy electric vehicles that they want. So Tom will obviously talk about this more, but you can use a combination of federal utility and state tax credits to steeply reduce the amount that one of these cars would cost. But it also means that you'd have huge savings over the lifetime of the car, plus the health benefits of not combusting fossil fuels right next to where our kids breathe and live. That makes sense. So Tom, um, why don't you tell us what your group does, first of all, and then tell us why are these standards a good thing for New Mexico, in your opinion? Yes, 315 New Mexico is the New Mexico chapter of uh, 350.org, an international organization devoted to reversing climate change founded a decade or more ago by Bill McKibben and some of his students. Oh, yeah. Uh, And uh, we've been in New Mexico, a chapter since uh, late 2011, 2012, and I've been co-coordinator since 2013. Uh, We have been advocating for clean energy, opposing fossil fuel, new fossil fuel infrastructure, and electric vehicles 
for a good part of that time. And I personally have been an electric vehicle owner and driver since uh, January of 2013. So over 10 years now, I have uh, a lot of experience with electric vehicles and have just been amazed by the maturity and the development of that platform uh, all over that time. It used to be that there were you know, hardly any places to charge on a road trip. Well, back when I first bought the vehicle, that has vastly changed now. And it's easy to drive cross-country in my car, which I have done. Oh, wow. And uh, yeah. do you think that having these standards adopted will be a good thing for the state as opposed to just letting market forces, you know, do whatever market forces do? You know, why do they need uh, a nudge, basically? Well, uh, the nudge is important because the... Uh, urgency of solving the climate crisis is uh, in front of us all. And um, we need to move very quickly to reduce uh, global warming emissions and transportation emissions are about a quarter or so of all global warming emissions, you know, burning the gasoline and diesel in our cars. And uh, electric vehicles are so much more efficient than gas and diesel cars. Even if you charge your vehicle from our current, you know, fossil fuel heavy grid, um, it is still, uh, you know, about half, better than half of the climate emissions per mile driving an electric vehicle. And the benefit is that, of course, uh, our grid is getting cleaner and cleaner uh, every year. And so, you know, the amount of emissions from your electricity generation you know, that you consume in an electric car gets lower and lower every time as we put on more uh, solar and wind and battery storage uh, on the grid and clean it up. Okay, that makes sense. But as I understand it, Camilla, these are just one of the things that's happening in terms of New Mexico moving to electric vehicles uh, more robustly across the you know, from consumers to governments, et cetera. So what else is happening in terms of moving from fossil fuels to renewable? You're right. There's a whole slate of things happening. Uh, the governor's transportation symposium, she announced that the administration would move its own electric fleet uh, across government um, to zero emission vehicles by 2035. And that really helps to stimulate and bring the market along. And that will be paired with charging stations throughout um, government. But she also announced that she would once again bring forward the electric vehicle tax credit and really called for it to be more robust than what passed the legislative session last year, that it would be big and it would be bold, that it would allow for people to get their rebate right at the moment of purchasing the vehicle, that there would be a, a credit not just for new cars, but also for used cars. And I think between the rules requiring dealers to bring more electric vehicles to New Mexico with the federal tax credit, that is $7,500 right off the cost of your car. Most cars, you know, you've got to look at which cars are eligible. But if PNM's transportation electrification plan passes the PRC, there could be another $4,000 off the price of a car, plus, let's say, $4,000 um, for the state tax credit. I mean, you could get around $16,000 off the price of your car, depending on income not to mention all the maintenance and gas savings. So there's a lot 
going on. And if you have your doubts, just remember what happened to Kodak. Didn't get on top of the digital photography scene and they just don't exist anymore. That's right. So, and we no longer have the Kodak Albuquerque balloon fiesta as, as we once did. And on that note, we're going to take a quick break and we'll be back soon with conversations different. Thanks, Inez. This is Patrick Dorsey, publisher of the Santa Fe New Mexican. We hope you're enjoying this episode of Conversations Different with Inez Russell Gomez. Great local content is only possible with a talented staff dedicated to bringing you the best local content possible. For that staff to do its work, we need your support by subscribing to the Santa Fe New Mexican. If you're already a subscriber, thank you. And if not, there's never been a better time to subscribe. In addition to our home-delivered newspaper that comes with full digital access, we also provide digital-only subscriptions for SantaFeNewMexican.com. We'll also be releasing more online-only audio and video programming moving forward. The Santa Fe New Mexican has been here for nearly 175 years, and we want to continue being your source for local news and information. Visit us at SantaFeNewMexican.com slash subscribe or call us at 505-986-3010. Thank you. It's a new day in New Mexico, and the doors to boundless opportunity are open as tens of thousands of New Mexicans reach higher to pursue a dream, broaden their horizons, and retrain for a better job. With the New Mexico Lottery and Opportunity Scholarships, you could build yourself a better future anywhere in the state. You put in the hard work, we'll help with the costs. For eligibility details, visit ReachHigherNM.com. Back again with Conversations Different with Tom and Camilla, who were talking about how New Mexico could become a cleaner place to live because there won't be as many fossil fuel emissions on our roads. Tom, some people are saying that government shouldn't tell us what car we should drive, though. What do you say if you meet a rancher who says the electric truck is not going to haul his hay or move his cows, do the work he needs? I would say that there is such a rapid level of improvement, rate of improvement for electric vehicles, including trucks, that by the time he needs to purchase another truck, you know, as his current one wears out and he wants to go buy a new one, uh, there will be plenty of options for him. You know, the Ford F-150 Lightning and the Rivian R1T are already trucks that you can buy that have lots of range, lots of, lots of towing capacity, and uh, they are, you know, they will have the benefits of all electric vehicles, which means, you know, less maintenance, uh, lower operating costs because uh, cost per mile is, uh, for example, driving an electric car is like fueling up a gas car at about 75 cents a mile. That is how cheap electricity is to drive. The maintenance costs are lower. So, as he gets it to the point where he needs to make that decision, there will be plenty of options and plenty of charging stations to use to drive for uh, for road trips. A, an interesting point, I made a presentation to the Transportation Committee uh, about a month ago, uh, and I pulled up um, a snapshot of the New Mexico Department of 
transportation EV planning dashboard. They have a place where you can go to find all the charging stations in New Mexico. At that time, on September 30th, there were 543 total chargers in New Mexico. As of right now, there are 681. So rapid improvement just in the last three and a half weeks. That's like another 138 chargers uh, of all types in the last three and a half weeks. Do we have any idea how many New Mexico actually needs? Because I, I know as, as someone whose folks lived in rural Mora County, uh, there was barely a gas station anywhere close to their house, much less a charging station. And if there weren't a bunch around the county, it would have been very difficult for people like them to get an electric vehicle. So what do we need? So there's a number of ways to answer that question. Driving an electric vehicle, as I have for the last 10 years, is a different experience. You basically you don't visit a, a charging station unless you're going on a road trip. You do all of your electric vehicle charging at home in your garage or you know adjacent to your apartment in an outdoor plug. 90%, 80 to 90% of all EV users just charge up their cars overnight, and that takes care of all their daily commuting needs. The only reason you need a charging station for most people that have a home to charge in is to go long distances. And that means that you need to have charging stations every, you know, 50, 100 miles, probably every 50 miles along the major roadways just to, to take care of that. And that is what's being done. That's okay. the build out that is happening right now. Um, let me add something to that. And okay. as this weekend, we went up to him Springs as a family. And what I noticed from Spence Springs uh, down to the Red Rock gas station, of course, there's no gas, except that when you pass him Springs, you can see that there are three or four charging stations at a little town facility or building, it is a lot easier to get an electric vehicle charger into a rural place than a gas station because you need tanks and you need gas to go fill up those tanks. So that's one point. And then I just wanted to get back to the question of that person who doesn't want an electric vehicle. There's nothing in the clean cars and trucks rules that require people to buy electric vehicles. People can continue to buy whatever they want. And that's just what we're asking for is the opportunity to actually buy electric vehicles, to see them on the lot, to see car salesmen knowing how these vehicles work. You can still get a flip phone if you want one. Um, so this isn't about what you buy. It's about what you have the opportunity to buy. So you wouldn't have to, let's say, drive to Colorado or to Arizona or someplace with more cars and a lot to get the electric vehicle you want. It would make these cars more available to purchasers here in New Mexico. That's exactly. right. And create a body of used cars for people, um, you know, who are on an even lower budget than what the tax uh, credits could provide. And I want to go back to the idea of charging stations, because one of the things I keep thinking about is that how rapidly things are changing. And I know now if you're on a road trip and you see a gas station and you have small children, you're like, oh, my gosh, bathrooms. You know, I can get them a sucker and they can be quiet for a while in the back of the car. And I wonder, are there going to be are charging stations just like out there with no amenities around them? Are they going to be attached to something? And with a gas station, you have like, you know, five or six pumps or four pumps, depending on where you're at. If you have one charging station every 50 miles and you have three cars waiting to get charged, how long does it take? 
I mean, do you need more than one every 53 miles? I'm just trying to figure out how will it work when, let's say, half the cars are electric or 60% of the cars are electric. So what's happening now is that a lot of the existing service stations and convenience stops like Allsup's right. throughout New Mexico is where the state is contracting to build out and install a lot of those charging stations. So you're absolutely right, right? When you, uh, If you're going to stop and charge your car for 20 to 30 minutes, which is about what it takes at a margin, modern charging station, you want to have something to do for 20 minutes, right? Go to the bathroom, you know, get a drink, uh, get some snacks, uh, stretch your legs. And that, of course, makes sense. And that is what's happening. They're also being installed in the parking lots of, uh, you know, hotels and restaurants. And that's what's happening. And that makes sense. So it makes it easy for people to take care of all of their needs as they're, uh, as they're driving. I wanted to add one additional thing, which does need to happen in terms of charging stations, which is for the approximately one third of New Mexicans who don't have a garage currently, right? They live in an apartment or a condo complex or um, something like that. Are their garages Uh, full of junk like my house? (laughs) We need to be installing uh, a number, doing a number of things. One is encouraging uh, apartment owners to eventually install the charging system so that their, um, you know, so their renters can charge their EVs in their apartment complexes, but also to have some other charging locations in and around the cities, the towns, Right. Um, so the people that, you know, if they just don't have a garage or they can charge up, they still have a place to do that. Yeah, and like that, in Santa Fe, you can go to the gym and charge your car while you're at the Chavez Center, which is sure. very useful you know, and it's public. And, you know, you don't even have to go buy a meal. You can just, in fact, you could park there and take a walk for free on the trail and not even be a member. So we're we're lucky yeah. in that we have charging stations. It's just... I worry about small towns and, you know, out in the Navajo reservation or at a Pueblo or something, will you have the same access to those things? And how are we making right. sure? Well, one, one thing I'll say, and then Tom, please follow on, but one thing about the Inflation Reduction Act that, you know, passed Congress last year and is really sending deep amounts of funding into the states to build out just this type of infrastructure. So, you know, solar for all program that really tries to deeply bring renewable solar energy to rural or low income parts of the state. If those can be paired with, uh, let's say one of the trucks that Tom described where a very rural family can use panels to charge a three-day battery on a truck that can also power the home. I mean, there are really comprehensive ways of looking at all of this, but the reality is that most New Mexicans only drive about 30 miles a day. I mean, the bulk of the population, um, we don't drive very far. You take somebody like me, I barely drive a mile a day. So, you know, those are folks who are maybe going to be the early adopters, Um, And then we'll start to look at rural solutions. Plug-in hybrids are a great alternative for people who have a little bit further to go where you're on your battery for a lot of the way. And then if you need it, you've got the the gas engine as backup. And we're going to take a quick break right there and we'll be back in a moment.
My name is Maria Jose Rodriguez Cadiz, and I am the Executive Director with Solace Sexual Assault Services. Our mission is to prevent sexual violence and empower survivors of sexual violence through restoring dignity, strength, and resiliency. For almost 51 years, Solace has reduced the impact of sexual violence. We do it by focusing on human rights, social justice, hope, and dignity. We believe survivors are experts in their own experiences and acknowledge that empowering them is crucial to their healing. Our advocacy, forensic interviewing, and therapy services are centered to their needs. Our sexual violence prevention programs in schools and community is just as important. Please check our website at findsolace.org. And if in need, you can call our 24-7 hotline, which is 800-721-7273. Your support is crucial to the lives of survivors. Thank you. Gracias. We are back with Tom and Camilla discussing clean cars and truck standards. Um, next week, uh, this will air uh, on the 7th, so next week there will be hearings in Bernalillo County, and that is when they make the final decision, Camilla, is that right, about whether to adopt these standards for New Mexico? That's right. During the entire week of November 13th, the Environmental Improvement Board will meet at the Bar Association building here in Albuquerque, where I'm calling in from, and they will hear from a big array of experts on the benefits of these rules, from economic benefits to health benefits to consumer choice benefits, And then the public will have an opportunity to give their view at various times during these hearings. And then on the final day, November 16th, the Bernalillo-Albuquerque Air Board, which is jointly meeting with the Environmental Improvement Board that serves the New Mexico Environment Department, will make a final ruling. But I do want to emphasize that this really is a comprehensive transportation approach that's being led by the administration, calling for these rules, applying for the federal money to get the chargers, ensuring that there will be rebates, and making sure that every New Mexican has to the opportunity to join into this economic and transportation revolution and not get left behind. And that's what it's all about. That makes sense. And Tom, what would you tell people who are nervous about these changes, who are afraid that their car won't work the same way their gas car does, et cetera? Um, I would say uh, you will enjoy driving an electric car immensely once you try it. Uh, But as Camilla said, if you need to take a half step in that direction, uh, plug-in hybrid with 30 to 40 miles of electric range is a good intermediate step. And I also think back to the transition to all of us practically owning a smartphone. Um, You know, when I got my first uh, phone in, I don't know, 2007 or something, uh, the cell phone network was pretty, pretty sparse, right? You could make a call uh, if you were in a city, but if you were traveling in between towns, your coverage would drop out. 
that has just improved dramatically since then, as has the cost of all of those phones dropped down um, so that they're affordable for just about everybody. And we are seeing the same kind of evolution and transition in the electric vehicle space as we did with smartphones. So by the time frame that we're talking about, you know, in the mid 2030s, the electric vehicle charging infrastructure will be very solid, fully in place. And so will uh, the cost of electric vehicles. They will just be so common and people will just not think twice about it. Uh, it'll be unusual for people to purchase a gas car just because EVs are going to be so much better, so much faster, so much cheaper to drive, so much cheaper to buy. They are already about as cheap to buy as a gas car uh, with the very latest information, especially with these tax credits. Okay. And I think we'll end on a hopeful note, I, or maybe it's a hopeful note, because one of the things that I think people forget about is that this isn't just about what kind of car you drive. This is about the air you breathe. And this actually could mean some people will be alive who otherwise might become ill because of respiratory problems. Do you have some numbers on that, Camilla? I do. And in fact, we and a few other organizations did some deep research into what the benefits of these rules would be for New Mexicans. And we are talking about preventing something like 144 premature deaths and 80,000 and more health incidents over just the short-term life of these rules through 2035. So when you think about where you drive, where those transportation corridors are, the air pollution that we are generating as drivers impacts real people's health. And beyond that, the greenhouse gases that we're spewing into the atmosphere are what are driving the rabid wildfires that hit northern New Mexico so hard last year, that are driving the heat domes that we all sweated through uh, this last summer. I mean, this is about what life is like for our kids now and what it'll be like for our grandkids in these coming generations. And we have a choice to move forward in exciting technological ways. And we need to go from zero to 60 like you can in an EV in like three seconds to make life livable for our kids and our families. And that's what this is about. And that's a great way to close. I thank you guys for joining us, and I look forward to watching the hearings and see what happens. For Conversations Different, it's Inez Russell Gomez. We'll be back again with another conversation. 